Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. This very particular morning, we are going to be looking into what I call the seven wonders. And after then also, I'm going to be releasing some prophetic word into your life. And to all these, you will pray for your pastor. I pray I'll be able to cover them all um, within the next, um, what to call, um, 50 minute plus. But I pray God's grace will be able to empower me. All right, mix LR is up. I just wanted to be sure that that is up before we begin our meditation this morning. Let's just open our mouth and just thank God in just one minute and say, Father, we thank you. Let's appreciate him for what he has done for us from the day one to today, 31st. The truth of it is this, you may not be able to see it physically, but I promise you something significant has happened in your life. Something significant. I was praying for every one of you. I could remember your name. I could remember your face. And maybe I've not even seen you, but at least I have an idea of how you look like via Facebook pictures and all those things I was praying. But I know too well that as I see God and what he's showing me concerning every one of you, I pray this that this season that you begin to see the manifestations in the name of Jesus. So open your mouth in just one minute and let's begin to appreciate God. Let's thank him for what he has done. Trust me, it is not by my own making. It is not the fact that I know how to preach or I know how to be able to quote scripture. No, it is his mercy. One of the things that I have engaged this very particular month that I have seen God is the fact that God has shifted even me, your pastor, from a dimension where I used to be to another dimension. Because why? I've been availing myself as much as, yes, I come to minister the gospel, but also Holy Spirit minister to me. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So, Father, thank you. I appreciate you, King of Glory. Lord, it is not my doing, but your doing. It is not my making, but your favor. <clears throat> it is not my own stand, O Lord, but your grace. It is not my own understanding, but your enlightenment. It is not my own father works, but your power. Lord, give the glory. I give you all the glory. I give you all the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, somebody open your mouth and say, Father, speak to me. It's going to be a straight, powerful message this morning. Father, speak to me. Speak to me. Let that one word that I need, the one word that I need that will change my life forever, the one word that I need that will make Christ be seen in the influence, in the place I currently occupy. Father, let your word come to me. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, this morning will come to you. Lord, we literally have 55 minutes, Father, maximum for us to be able to finish the service this morning. Holy Spirit, use me like never before. Address the needs of people. Cause their eyes to be opened. Let your heart receive of your truth. I ask that the person of Christ be made manifest in your life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I bring myself down that you become up. I give my body, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my thought and everything to you so that you can use it to bless somebody this morning. Lord, I don't know who is at the edge of giving up. Father, let this message encourage them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. I just want to welcome every one of you. Um, I think I'm seeing Minister Paul. Remember you. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. God bless you, sir. And I know too well that the grace of God upon your life will continue to become strong, bold, and evidence before everyone in the name of Jesus. 
All right, with this being said this morning, let's just look into the word of God because I just need to finish this in less than 50 minutes than I have. Um, this is something that would have taken me more hours, but I'll try. The Bible says for the month for us, for this month of, 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 of manifestation, which is March, um, the Bible, our anchor scripture we've been dealing with is the book of Romans chapter 8, 18 and 19. Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 and 19. And we get to see with our very particular scripture, it says, For I reckon that the present suffering of this time, it cannot be compared to the things in which God has revealed in us. Which means the revelations of our manifestation is already on the inside of us. It says, so just because you are going through the suffering does not mean that it hasn't been revealed. Especially for those of you who are born again, child of God. You, you, you expose yourself to the dealings, the workings, and also exposing yourself to the word of God. There is an atom of a revealed truth of Christ that is already on your inside. So just because you are not seeing it out does not mean that it is not there. And so because of that, God will lay the responsibility upon me for me to be able to come for the whole of this month by 5 a.m. so that we begin to meditate, change our confession, change how we talk, change how we move, change our understanding of some certain truth just because he wants verse 19 to be in view. He says, for the NX expectations of the creature, he says they are waiting. Mark the word waiting. He said they are waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. So which means that just because you are in that mountain of influence you are currently occupying does not mean that you are already manifesting it. Because why? If they are waiting, there is something that you are not doing that is making them not to see you. So which means one of the things we get to understand in Matthew chapter 5 we read, I think about two or three um, what you call days ago, we were focusing on that, that you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth, you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And at the same time also your good works should be made known to men. So that fourth, I mean the top three, which is light of the world, salt of the earth, a city place on a hill, for them to be able to see there is a responsibility that we need to take. And so based on that, one of the things that I want you all to understand is the fact manifestation is guaranteed if we're only ready to give what it entails. It is ready. Manifestation is there. See, God is not, I think I'm, I'm, I'm part of the millions of believers who believe that God is not holding shambok or probably angry with believers or unbelievers because of some lousy things that they've done in time past. He knew. But just because he's not shambucking you with what you had done in time past does not mean that automatically he's going to just, what he called, lavish some responsibility upon you if you are not matured enough. He's a father. Remember, he's a father. The same way that you will not give a Bentley to your five-year-old child to drive, of course, God has the common sense also for him not to be able to give you a Bentley to go and drive because it will kill you. So there are some certain decorums and certain maturity that we need to be in to guarantee the manifestations of God's glory to be evident in our lives. There is a certain level, a certain level of maturity. It says, so based on that, until we put ourselves in that very particular space of maturity, it says, Romans 8, if I'm not mistaken, it says, for those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. I've taught you that the son there is not a gender base. The son there is a position. The son there is not a gender, it's not a male or a female. The son there means maturity. You see, those that are led by the Spirit of God, um, they are the matured ones of God. Matured ones. Matured ones. And so based on that, quickly, 
just be able to put some certain context this morning before I give you my seven wonders, um, seven empowered words um, that, that, that guarantees for your manifestation. Because without the seven things, trust me, everything will be building. Because I need to end the service with these seven things so that it can then become strong for you to engage your word. But before we do that, um, Holy Spirit was putting an impression in my spirit for me to discuss about the gift of the spirit. I don't know why, maybe for somebody this morning, this will be very important for you. But the gift of the Spirit, we get to understand that the gift of the Spirit, if you read your um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if I'm not mistaken, from verse 2 to verse, I think from verse 4 to verse 11. But if you read the whole book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you will see the gift of the Spirit there. And we get to understand that the gift of the Spirit there, we have the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing. The gift of working of miracle, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning of spirit, the gift of tongues. So there are gifts of tongues that are normal tongues. Then we also have the interpretations of tongues. There is also gift of faith and there is also a normal faith. For instance, the day you gave your life to Christ, there is a, there is a faith dimension that you receive. But now for you to get into the gift of faith, there's something that you have to ask. And so, this is something that is very important. Let's look at verse 4, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Because this is where the thing is. I've seen a lot of people struggle with this. People have asked me questions about this. And I just want to try and put an answer this morning so that I can help you. And what is the question? Man of God, um, I have the gift of speaking in tongues. Um, I want to pray for, for another Holy Spirit to come into me, for me to be able to receive, because that's how they use it, for me to be able to receive the gift of interpretation of tongue. This scripture this morning will put a light to it. To put a light to it. It says here, it says, Now there are diverse gifts, underline the word, but same spirit. Diverse gift, but same spirit. Diverse gift, but same spirit. How does that mean? Let me give you an example of using man. There is Darlington, but the spirit that is in Darlington in one is one. How? There is Darlington, the pastor. There is Darlington the husband. There is Darlington the, what's it called? There is Darlington the father. Now there is Darlington the businessman. Now when you look at these, and apart from Darlington businessman, there is also Darlington the brother, and there is Darlington the friend. So indirectly, now there is six Darlington, but guess what? They are still of the same spirit. So based on that, when this scripture is trying to make us understand that if you want the gift of wisdom, the same spirit that gave you the gift of knowledge is the same spirit that is at work in your life that all you just ask is, I want to make myself available to the gift of wisdom. That same spirit will make that thing available for you. So you don't need to pray for another spirit. Because if you notice here, it says there are diverse gifts. The same way I gave you six versions of Darlington, the same thing also applies. There are diverse gifts, but of the same spirit. So if you know that you have the spirit of healing or the gift of healing and you want to begin to walk in the miraculous, all you need to do is to expose yourself to the truth of what the miraculous carry. Remember, the spirit is already in you. Because most times we now begin to call for the spirit and stuff. And the spirit is wondering, I'm here. Can't you see? I gave you the gift of tongues. I can help you to interpret. Just receive of me. And I like the scripture that says, it says in verse verse. Verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It says, but all this worketh that one and the same self-spirit. It says, dividing to every man severally as he wills. He now says in verse 31. It says, now eagerly desire the greater gift. 
It says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. This is the Holy Spirit making us to understand. I mean, Paul was saying to the Corinthian church, desire the best of it. If you ask me, this is my recommendation. Before we go into our seven wonders, it's going to be fast this morning. This is my recommendation if you ask me. What are the best gifts you can convert or the best gifts you can ask? Remember, all the gifts are available. By God's grace, I'm not, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or trying to score cards with you. There's no need. But I just want to use this one to encourage you that by God's grace, I operate in most, if not all, of the gift. Because why? I understand that the gift is at work in me. But there are those that are core for me. Not that I can operate in the gift of miracles. Not that I can operate in the gift of healings. But just because I don't make that my predominantly gift does not mean that I don't operate in those very particular places. Because why? It's available for my use. It's like having a, it's like having a, a stainless plate or probably having a spoon that is made of gold and, you, and the spoon is literally there, but you still choose to use your plastic spoon. And the spoon, the gold spoon is there. It's available for use, but you choose not to use it. And so based on that, by my walk in God and still digging deep in God, he's beginning to make me avail myself to all of the giftings, but I know the ones that I'm strong at. I know the ones because why I've paid attention more on those ones and they become louder than the other gifts, but not because the gift is so the same thing also applies to you. You can all have the gift you want and trust me, hear me. You can even be good at all the gift. But if you ask me, what is my recommendation this morning for somebody? Maybe you are saying, pastor, these are nine gifts. I don't know. I need you to help me recommend two. I recommend number one is the gift of faith. With the gift of faith operating in your life, trust me, you can be able to perform miracles. Now, the gift of faith empowers you for you to believe God regardless of the outcomes of your life. The gift of faith will make you, God will tell you, go and put your leg on water and you will go. And literally, you will not drown. God will tell you, walk on fire. Say, the gift of faith make you believe the most stupid thing in court of God and yet come out as a miraculous person. It's a gift. You believe God regardless of the corresponding circumstances. And every born-again child of God must crave for the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Second gift that I will call for, the gift of discernment. Oh, gift of discernment is very important in this time and age where we are, so that you can discern charlatans and discern people around your life. That's why for me, I say the two most important gifts in my own way. I'm not saying now, I'm, I'm saying that the Holy Spirit said, no, hear me. From my own workings, the two most important gifts, the gift of faith and the gift of discernment. Without being said this morning, I just want to bring that as a drive-thru because the Holy Spirit impressed it in my mind this morning. I don't know who, that, who needs that, but that's just to put clarity that whatever gift you want, it's available for your grab. And trust me, work yourself to operate in all the gifts. I don't care whether you are a doctor, a medical or a engineer or whatever. See, these gifts are not available for pastors alone. They're available for the children, the sons and daughters of God. So don't let us pastors begin to make you feel that the gift is only available for pastors. No, it's available for you. You need gift of wisdom. You need knowledge. You need gift of faith. You need gift of healings so that you can do all those things. You can be at your mountain there in a mining company there where you are mining your stuff or maybe you are working in a coal mine and somebody falls sick there because you know you have the gift of healing. You lay under the person and they receive their healing. So you don't need to be at the pulpit. We are just privileged for us to be called to sit here. You don't need that. If you can operate that very particular works in your place there, why not? Engage it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 10. Second Peter chapter 1, from verse 2 to 10. Seven things that empowers for your faith 
to manifest. Seven things that empowers your faith to manifest. What are the seven things? Let's look at them very quickly. I'll be very fast so that I then close exactly six. Seven things that makes for your faith to manifest. Seven things that makes for your faith to manifest. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 10. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 10. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 10. Oh, my beloved Angela, thank you very much. I just see your prayer now. I really, I really appreciate you. God bless you. God bless you. You've been a phenomenal woman and you've been very wonderful in your dealings. I really appreciate you. God bless you. God bless you. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 10. The Bible says here, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. It says, And of Jesus our Lord. It says, According as his divine power has he given us all things that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us unto glory and virtue. It says, Whereby we are given, um, whereby, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partaker of a divine nature, having escaped the corruptions that are, that is in this world through lust. It says, and beside giving diligence, before we go, it says, grace and peace be multiplied, which means your grace that you have right now, the peace that you have right now, it can be multiplied. But it makes us to understand that it can only be multiplied, you say, by the knowledge of God. Which means your knowledge of who God is determines your level of grace and the level of peace you enjoy. Your knowledge. For example, there are some certain circumstances that may come to me and I chew it as a, as a potato, as a small potato, and I move on with my life. But that same political challenge may come to you and it crash you down. What makes the difference between you and I is the knowledge of the truth in which I have that you don't yet, if you notice my word, yet have. Because the moment you capture that knowledge of truth, that same circumstances that hits me, the same circumstances that hits you also, you will not crash, but rather you will laugh it. He now says, according to us, his divine power, he has given us all things. You know, when I keep telling you that all things in God and all things in Christ has been given to you in bodily form. He says, but in, for, for you to be able to partake of all these things, it has to come from the standpoint of knowledge. From the standpoint of knowledge. From the standpoint of knowledge. He says that had called us into glory, which means the ability for us to experience the God economic system. When I mean God economic system, I mean that everything of God is wrapped in the word glory. And also of virtue, which means the ability for us to pull some certain things that guarantees us for the glory and the virtue to be in view in our lives. He now says, whereby we are giving, I mean, whereby we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. I've told you last week, Sunday, that the Bible contains four pieces. It contains, I think, four pieces or three pieces. Number one, it contains um, what's it called? The principle of God. Number two, it contains the promises of God. Number three, it contains the person of Christ. Number four, it contains the mystery of God. So the Bible contains these four dealings, but trust me, it can only come true from the standpoint of knowledge. From the standpoint of knowledge. Verse 5, let's read quickly. I just need to clear that part. It says now, verse 5, and beside this, remember we're talking about the faithful manifestation. What do you need to add to your faith? That guarantees your manifestation to be established. And we will look at it from the context and the lenses of Christ. It says here, and beside this, giving all diligence, it says, add to your faith. 
it is not me your bible says so so which means your faith needs some certain things for it to be for lack of better for the foundation to be deep rooted and seated that when tornado comes when winter comes when rain falls and everything you are still standing he says add to your faith virtue he says unto virtue knowledge unto knowledge temperance unto temperance patience unto patient godliness unto godliness brotherly kindness unto brotherly kindness it says charity verse 8 now says he said if these things be in you and abound which means they must be sometimes the things can be in you but they are not rooted that's why because they are not rooted something will come or a challenges will come and sway you away for example we're going to finish today our manifestation and that's why i'm using this word to hold everybody for lack of a better word captive to the things of god because after today something may come and make you understand you see all your 30 days you've been confessing is nonsense my dear they will show up your jesus was at the mountain for 30 days 40 days praying and fasting the devil showed up he showed up he didn't, he didn't the the fact that he was praying and fasting did not stop devil from showing up so your prayer and fasting cannot stop devil from showing up but it empowers you to deal with the outcome or with what the devil will come and say to you it does not see just because you pray and fast does not mean that the devil is not going to attack i'm sorry it's going to attack it, it did that to jesus we saw that happen to peter we saw that happen to paul it happens the more in fact the, the day you finish praying guess what that's the day you feel like oh boy everything i've just prayed does it make sense that's the devil's antics it is the devil's antics he says if this be in you and they are bound which means you you build on it and they are plenty he says they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful which means if there are plenty in you they are bound in you there is no way you must progress no way the bible is saying that no way you must progress it says, um, verse 9, it says, but he that lacketh these things is blind. All these things, these seven things I'm going to be able to focus now. He says, if you lack it, he says, you are blind. He says, and cannot see afar off. He says, and had forgotten that which was purged from his old sins. He says, wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to making your calling and election sure. He says, for if these things are in you, he says, you shall never fail. If they are in you, you shall never fail. So what do we need to understand? It's the fact that grace and peace be more, it can be multiplied. And if it can be multiplied, then we can then be able to run through it. What are the seven things quickly? Let's look at the seven things. The seven things that you need. You've manifested, you've confessed, you've prayed. And I'm very happy that this 31 days thus far, with 30 days past today, 31 We've prayed, we've confessed, we've cried, we've done all that we can think that we can do. But now these are the things that guarantees our moving forward. After today, these are the things that you must not let go. You no matter what comes, you must stay in it. Number one, it says, add to your faith, virtue. What is virtue? These are assets that we have in Christ that guarantees for our faith to manifest and develop. These are assets we have in Christ. The virtue there talks about assets we have in Christ. Assets we have in Christ. Assets we have in Christ. What are the assets? I'm going to be very fast. You can write this down. Take your time and read it. Matthew chapter 17 from verse 19 to 21. Matthew 17, 19 to 21. The asset here we're talking about is the asset number one, the asset of prayers and fasting. The ability for you, virtue there talks about your prayers and your fasting. It talks about your ability for you to beat yourself. 
to keep discipline yourself. He says, if they abound in you, which means you must constantly invest on these virtues. You must invest in them. Just because 30 days is coming to an end or 31 days coming to an end does not mean that you have to end your own journey. No. No. You see, if this be in you, remember that word, if they be in you and abound, which means you've grown them, the ability to grow in your prayers. Some of you now, this 30 days plus that we've engaged and stuff, you are used to waking up by 5 o'clock. Don't then stop it. Move forward from there. If you know you, you, you can't, go back to the teachings. They are, they are available on Spotify. Whatever, what's called, whatever phone you are using, just go on the podcast of the phone. You will find all the 31 manifestations, confessions that we've been doing. Every day, wake up around that 5 o'clock and keep meditating and keep saying it. The ability for you to pray. The ability for you to fast. It says in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8 and 9. Matthew 17, um, 19 to 21. Um, he was talking about the disciple. When the disciple, they came and they were complaining that Jesus, how come we can't cast this devil out? And Jesus was saying to them, see, I, you, you have the grace for you to cast the thing out, but this kind can only answer, but by prayer and fasting. This kind. There are this kind of problem that will come that will only answer to prayer and fasting. Only answer to prayer and fasting. So, instead of waiting for that kind of problem to come, why don't you engage your prayer and fast? So that by the time they come, you don't even know. You don't even know because why? You've lived a fasted life. You, you are a praying person. It says this kind can only go but by prayer and fasting. It says in Isaiah chapter 58, 8 and 9. It was talking about Isaiah 58 there talks about fasting. It says, it says if you fast, it says, is it not the fast that I have called? It says, and what? Verse 8 and 9 says, when you fast that fast, what happened? It says, then shall your light break forth as the morning. So which means fasting has a way of empowering your light to shine. That this month has been declared, a month of manifestation is coming to an end by God's grace. Tomorrow it's another new, what's called, new manifestation, I'm saying new manifestation. There will be a new month, um, declaration and all those things. But guess what? Whether we end up today on and we start another one tomorrow again, trust me, it has to come from the standpoint of prayers and fasting. Isaiah 58, 8 and 9. The virtue we're talking about is the virtue of prayers and fasting. Point number two quickly. What is again? It says add to virtue. It says add knowledge. Add knowledge. What is the knowledge? Your knowing of God more than just service. Your knowing of God more than just attending the service. More than just, I just want to stream and watch Pastor Darlington. More than that, see, <laughs> me, I've said this several times. I didn't die for you. I did not die for you. God sent his son to die for you. I'm just an ambassador sent within the five-foot ministry for me to come tell you of the privilege that is in Christ for you. And so, you have no business getting to know knowledge of Darlington, Steve. Knowledge of Christ. I've said this several times with that number and I'm still going to say it until my time on earth is over. The day I preach the message to you and Christ is not the center of it, don't bother signing an allegiance to me. Move on with your life. Move on. I've even said that to my wife. Babe, the day you notice that I'm beginning to do nonsense, don't bother asking me, babe, what is wrong. I put myself on that kind of hard discipline. Don't bother trying to find out what is wrong with this guy. Let me go and pray. Just go to, I don't know which lawyer you can find. Bring the divorce paper. Because my job is to constantly paint Christ in your face. It says um, here, number two, knowledge. What is knowledge? Daniel chapter 2, verse, I mean Daniel 11.32. Daniel 11.32. It says, and such do 
He said, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt by flatters. He said, but the people that do know their God, not the people that do know the pastor, not the people that do know the church, not the people that do know the world system. He said, but the people that do know their God, he said, they shall be strong and do exploit. They shall be strong and own their businesses. They shall be strong and be able to manifest God in the mountains of influence they find themselves. But guess what? They must be people that do know their God. Your ability for you to study the word of God. Remember point number one, praying and fasting. Number two, studying of the word of God. You must study. See, we live in time and age where charlatans are coming out. Even the Bible said it. It says from among us. It says the wolves will come out from among us. Don't be, see, don't get shocked tomorrow when you find one pastor that you think is genuine and all of a sudden, boom, he comes up with a doctrine. It's okay. The scripture is not, the scripture is not, I mean, the Bible is not, it's not, it's not new to such manifestation. They know your business is to stay with the word of God. It says grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge, through the knowledge. If you are not going to crave for knowledge, you will crave for fables conversations that will take all of your 30 days investment away. You must crave after knowledge. You must crave after knowledge. You must crave of the dealings and the workings of God. You must. You must. I'm not just saying this one to blow trumpet. Just yesterday, by the time my wife and I, we took our straw and stuff. There are books that which I need. I invest in them because why? I must know. It's, a, it's not even for me to preach for myself. I must know. Say, for those that do know their God, say they shall be strong and do exploit. They shall be strong and do exploit. They shall be strong and do exploit. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. It says, if any man think he knoweth anything, he says he knows nothing yet. That's why I keep studying. I don't know. I, there are some certain questions you ask me if I don't know. I don't know. I can't kill myself. Like we Nigerians like saying it. I cannot come and kill myself. <laughs> I cannot come and... It says, it says yeah, if any man, 1 Corinthians 8, 12, if any man think he knows not something, he say that person knows nothing, as he ought to know. So which means your level of knowledge of God is seen by the result you pull off. The result you are currently pulling off is based on your knowledge. You want to pull more result? Go for more knowledge. It's as simple as that. Go for more knowledge. Go to them that sells and buy. That's what the five virgins, the five wife virgins tell the foolish ones. Go to them that sell and buy. Go look for it. Buy books. Books that encourage your faith. Books that enforce your manifestation. Buy the books. Number three, what is again? Add to that very particular knowledge. What do you need to add? Temperance. 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 What is temperance? Is what I call the spiritual comportment. The spiritual comportment. Your conduct. The way you think. One of the things I put here, I say you think off, you are off. If you think off yourself, if you think less of yourself, so be it. Your spiritual comportment. The temperance there talks about spiritual comportment. Your ability to beat yourself. To be able to be in line with your thinking and your meditation in Christ. You beat yourself daily. I must think this way. You open your fridge and your fridge is prophesying nonsense. Tell your fridge there is food in this fridge. Close the door again and go your way. Don't let that fridge to tell you what you cannot do. Your spiritual compartment. 
your ability to beat yourself beat yourself things will come see let me say this after we finish this first for some of you even reply some of you will experience it after you finish the confession and code you go to office you meet one idiot that just begin to make you get angry your spiritual comportment demands that you don't fall into that very particular trap you don't fall into it and they look at you they are wondering i just insulted you and you're smiling you understand temperance your spiritual comportment proverb chapter 18 verse 21 proverb 18 21 it says death and life are in the power of the tongue it says they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof so which means your tongue has fruit he <laughs> said death and life are the power of the tongue so which means if something is going to die if something is going to leave your tongue determine it he said but nonetheless there is a fruit that they produce when you see what is currently happening in your life change the fruit you can only change the fruit by what you invest in that very particular ground if the fruit that is producing is bitter you know there's this very particular thing we did in school called a greek is called budding and grafting begin to graft some certain things into that very particular stem of your life so that it can begin to change the fruit it says keep your heart with all diligence with all diligence spiritual comportment keep your heart with all diligence say for out of it are the issues of life if you see what you are seeing in your life you don't like it before we begin to bind the devil let's check your posture of your heart let's check the spiritual comportment the state you are let's check that first point number four but as I'm, I'm just in a hurry because i want us to finish this very particular thing i don't want to do there's no there's no manifestation tomorrow so <laughs> it'll finish it today number four what is it then is it add to temperance it says add patient be patient oh some of you want to ride the bentley today <laughs> you pray you know <laughs> i think there's a particular man of god i listened to his teaching yesterday and that statement blessed me i'm trying to remember who yeah i think it's pastor um, come i forgot his name now i remember man of god sorry in case you were watching that just forgot your name now and um, so what one of the things he said he said he said this and it, it blessed me <laughs> he says people will come to church and they want to pray just that day and get the result that day he said but you forget to understand that even god built the earth and everything finish it in seven days so there must be a waiting period for you <laughs> when he said that as much as it's funny but that's the truth many of us don't lack we lack patient we lack patient we lack patient if you allow the devil to take your patient you are finished when it comes to manifestation you are finished if you allow the devil take your patient see everything you've declared from on the first to yesterday 31st because today i'm just going to be after i finish i'm just going to release the blessings and just say what the lord asked me to say to you all and after then i'm done and I'm out of your face but if you are going to lack patient you've lost everything that you've paid your price for you've lost it hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 write it down i'm going to call the scripture so that you have it down hebrews 12 1 hebrews 6 12 hebrews 6 15 john 8 39 and Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 2 and 3. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3. I'm going to read just Hebrew 12, 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with a great cloud of witness, it says, Let us lay aside every weight. It says, And that which doth easily beset us. It says, Let us run with what? With patience. The race that has been set before us. The manifestation. It says, Let us run. But he gave us with what to run? Run with patience. Run with patience. 
Run with patience. The enemy will come say, no, but you pray for the car. The car is not coming. See, let me say this. If you notice, I've been saying it. My Porsche, my Porsche Cayenne Coupe Hybrid 2.2. Guess what? The car hasn't landed in my hand physically, but I'm patient to wait for the car. I'm not going to do nonsense that will make that very particular confession or manifestation be aborted in my life. I'm going to be patient. And I trust God and I believe one of you or all of you will come together and buy me the car. That's my faith. That's my belief. And the other day I was saying to my daughter, I said, if all of you guys will not buy me the car, I'm also doing my own part for me to invest to make sure that the car is better. I have my Porsche Cayenne. Because why? I understand the place of patient. Patient. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. I like this one. This is, this is, you see Hebrews 6, 12, it's my secret code I use. It says, yeah, it says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patient, faith and patient, they have faith in God, but they are patient, faith and patient, inherit. Point number five, quickly. Point number five, what then do you add into patient? Remember, we're looking at the building blocks for manifestation. The building blocks that guarantees if you get if you don't have this one see the enemy will come and it will swift you like a like a sand you'll be shocked and you're like but i've been praying but you've not added these building blocks number five what do you add godliness what is godliness is what i called the christ-like character christ-like character the christ-like character stop living a fake life Stop that. Faith and manifestation will never work when you are operating on a fake life. No. No. Indirectly, ability for you to, when we talk about Christ's life character, ability for you to have a good conscience. Good conscience towards God and towards man. See, we live in a world where everybody is everybody for themselves and nobody for anybody. <laughs> That's how I can say it. Everybody for themselves. I'm nobody for everybody. I was saying to my wife, I said, I want to live a life whereby if anybody's going through anything, they can trust me that Pastor Darlington will be there for them. Because why? Good conscience. I want to be Christ-like. It says here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. You can write down 1 Timothy 1, 19. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. <laughs> you know, as I'm, as I'm listing the scripture, there's this... Um, beloved a person of us in i don't want to mention her name but you know how she posts the scripture all the time <laughs> um she she agreed that okay fine you send me pick a uh, scripture pastor i'll post it and all those things then one day i actually sit down one day i calculate <laughs> like i sent her 60 scriptures i'm like wow i'm sorry your pastor is a scripture person if i can't give you the truth from the word of god if i can if you can't find it in the bible i ain't preaching it never <laughs> never First Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Let's look at what it says. It says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck of their manifestation. It says, Holding faith and a good conscience, your ability to wish people well. Just because somebody by Bentley and you are still driving your Uno, it's okay. Wish them well. Somebody does not like you, your company, it's okay. I know you don't like me. So I tell people, I say, I know you don't like me, it's okay. You're not liking me does not change my name from Darlington to Marlington. I still remain Darlington. I can never be Marlington. It's D, not M. So, wish people well. Just because somebody's ministry is growing and your own is not growing now, it's okay. Turn by turn, it will get to my turn. I bless the God, the grace of God upon your life. Wish people well. Ability for you to have good conscience. 
It says, because of you hold your faith and you don't have good conscience, you make a shipwreck indirectly. You destroy your manifestation from the standpoint of good conscience. Godly life. Christ-like character. You pray for people you know that they don't like you. It's okay. It's fine. There are those ones and they, with that good Christ-like character. Remember your pastor, I'm still working my salvation. Bible says work out your salvation. I'm still working my salvation. I find out that you want to kill my wife. You want to kill people that matters to me. I'll kill you. Before you pull the trigger and I have the gun, I'll shoot you. I'm sorry, I'm saying the truth. I will. I will do that. Oh, oh, I will do. I don't care. That godly character, I'm still developing it. Trust me, I am still developing it. I see you point a gun to things that matters to me. And I have to sit down there and say, no, I have a Christ-like character. Let me let this person shoot my wife. Never. You'll be shocked. The level of her will kill you. And after I kill you, I'll pray for you. That's the godly character in me. But what am I trying to say? Indirectly, in quote, just have good conscience towards people. Godly character. Your good conscience doesn't mean that you have to be stupid. Let me say that. Good conscience is not stupidity. Somebody is taking advantage of you all the time and yet you're like, no, I have a guy, there's a place called common sense. Withdraw. And wait for them to repent. And when they repent, you then engage them back against your good conscience. That's the certain people you have to, like Paul the Apostle say, you have to leave them for the devils of this world to beat them well. But you are praying for them at the back of the sin. You are not joining to gossip their downfall. Oh, there are people where I see things that happen in their life. I don't have grace for me to go talk to them at this level. All I do is to kneel down. I pray for them. That's my good conscience. I won't join the party to gossip about them. I don't have any business with that. Gossip Center, I didn't remember opening a, a company like that called Gossip Center. It's called Platform Church. It's not Gossip Center. Good conscience. Let me look for one scripture. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. It says, holding the mystery of the faith in what? Pure conscience. You see, your Bible has conscience. <laughs> Pure conscience. Pure conscience. Point number six. Father, thank you. Point number six. Add to godliness. What do you add to godliness? You add brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. What does it mean? Showing compassion and sympathy at the level you are. If you notice, I put a bracket. Showing compassion and sympathy at your level, this level you are. Indirectly, what am I trying to say to you? Somebody comes and says to you, I don't have food to eat at home. And you know the only money that you have in your house. And that money that you have in your house, for example, you only have 1,000 rand that can cover you between now and the next month. They are what you call showing compassion says that you give the person 100 rand. Imagine the person coming to ask you for, imagine, they're even coming to ask you for 500 rand. And you only have 1,000 to rule the whole 13 months that is coming. Good conscience says, pray for that hundred that you want to give the person. Father, I bless this hundred dollars. I give it to this person, it multiplies. Out of the one you have, not to carry the whole of your 500 that is in your hand and give the person. That's nonsense. Your family will go hungry. They will, they will hate you. That's all I will say. So brotherly compassion and sympathy. Brotherly compassion and sympathy. And this, when you are doing this, you do it from your standpoint of your level. Don't go and borrow money to help somebody that you know that they can't pay you tomorrow. That to, then tomorrow you're now beginning to start fighting your friends. I don't do that. If I notice that I, can, I don't have the resources, I'll tell you I don't have it. It's okay. Even the president is owing. The nation South Africa is owing. So it's okay. I ain't going to borrow for your case. We all are going to cut our clothes according to the size of the clothes. Not according to the size of the body. You know, they say cut your clothes according to the size of your body. What if the clothes is very small, your body is big? What happened? So cut the clothes according to the size of the clothes. 
So be kind. But at the same time, be kind at your level. Don't go and impress people. You no, know, my friend came to ask me for 1,000. They want to go and borrow 1,000. Well, you know, you don't have it. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. Romans, I want you to write down this three scripture. Romans 12 verse 10. Romans 12 10. Ephesians 6 8. And 1 John chapter 3 verse 15 to 18. Romans 12 10. Ephesians 6 8. 1 John 3 15 to 18. It says here for Romans 12 10. It says be, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor preferring one another. It says be brotherly kind. Always be show brotherly love. Be kindly affectionate. Be kindly affectionate. But not at the expense of your life. You are not Jesus. Jesus is the only one that is permitted to die for sin. And he has done that. You are not Jesus. Your name is Sibongile. Your name is Kanisa. Your name is Mamumpo. Your name is Darlington. The ability for you to show kindness to your neighbor. But according to the level of your life. Don't go beyond that. Otherwise, you will make a shipwreck of your manifestation when creditors begin to come and ask for their money. Point number seven, which is the final point. What is again, we need to add. It's called charity. What is charity in the context of Christ? The charity here means it's your deep-rooted love for God. Your deep-rooted love for God. I don't care how much of your givings and everything you do, if your love for God is not in view, his manifestation is not going to find expression in your life. I don't care how you try to be worldly correct, but if your love for God is not in view, your heart for God, your heart for God, your heart for God. You can write down 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Romans chapter 8, 35 to 37. Romans 8, 35 to 37. Then Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, yeah, I'm going to read um, two scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3. It says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and, I, and though I give my bodies to be burnt, it says, if I have not love, Incorrectly here, the word here, love, means charity. Other translations say love. It says not love. It says it profits me nothing. Nothing. Your love for God makes every other thing sweet. Your love for God. Faith only works by love when in turn guarantees for manifestation. How hot is our love for God? How hot it is. I know for you all streaming this morning, your love is very strong because it takes, it takes, it takes you wanting to pant after God to wake up at 5 a.m. Some of you, you know your normal time to wake up is 6 o'clock. Some of you is even 7 o'clock. I've seen people 8 o'clock. My dear, I've seen things. But you choose to be awake by, by 5. In fact, some of you are even awake by 3. And I like those ones who are awake by 3. You wake by 3. Pray yourself. Study the word. Then end it with this very particular confession we're doing by 5 a.m. It says in Philip, I'm going to call Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Romans 8, 35 to 37. Let's look at what the scripture says here. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says, shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? It says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed in all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. It says, nay, in all these things. 
we are more than conquerors through Christ that has loved us. It says, what shall separate us from the love? When tribulation, when your prayers and your manifestation, your confession you've been confessing is not coming, and all that is coming is attack. Can you still say, I love God? Can you still say, I love God? When you see people going to do shortcuts in ministry, they don't love God. They love the benefits they can get from God. If, if, that, if, you're, if, if between now and December, let, let me even just stretch it, between now and December, and the so-called overflow did not happen in your life, can you still say, Jesus is Lord? Can you still say, I die here with God? Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 says, for me to, it says, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Indirectly, I don't care whichever one. Christ is my center of my living. Can we find that in your life? Is this something that we can boldly go to bed and sleep and say, indeed, the love of God is upon you? How do we know? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2 9. It says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of bed what is God is about to do for Mammon Po, for Sibongile, for Kanyisa. It says, but that can only happen from the standpoint of love. From the standpoint of love. It says, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things which God had prepared for them that loved him. Loved him. Charity. Charity. Number one, again, how do we begin to build to add to our manifestation? Virtue, which is a standpoint of prayers and fasting. Number two, knowledge. The more of God you know, the exploit you make on earth. Number three, temperance. Your spiritual comportment. Your spiritual, your, your ability for you to keep saying the word of God. You don't allow, you don't say what the word, what, what South Africa or what Nigeria is saying. You say what God's word is saying. Your spiritual comportment. Number four, patient. Your tolerance and your endurance state. Your ability to be patient. You wait. I know my Redeemer leave it. I may not have that very particular Bentley, my children and all those, but I know that is going to come to pass. And I'm patient to wait for it. Godliness. What does it mean? Christ-like character. Ability for you to have good conscience towards God and towards the people. Number six, brotherly kindness. Show compassion and sympathy at your level. Your level. Your level. Number seven, charity. With that being said, Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says here, popular scripture, many of us know that, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Say, if your mind can focus on the kingdom, every other things that you are dying to get will be added to you. We're going to pray now. We're going to ask God, Lord, this manifestation for the month of March is about to come to an end. Purge my heart. Let my heart stay strong in the dealings. These seven things that guarantees for my manifestation. Because you have the faith of God. Oh yes, you do. But without this thing added to that faith for manifestation, it ain't happening. So open your mouth and say, Lord, purge me. We're not going to pray too much prayer because my time is fast spent. I'm just going to release the blessings and after then I'm done. But I just want to pray this prayer. Lord, let my heart constantly seek after God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first. The first thing you do is God. His kingdom and his righteousness. And every other things that you are looking for to come to pass.
Ask the Lord that anything that will hinder the, hinder the manifestations of God's power upon your life, Lord, anything in me that wants to hinder, let them be taken away from my life. Let them be taken away from my life. Let them be taken away from my life. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, quickly, I'm going to just give about eight scriptures, and I'm going to declare the blessings. As I'm saying the scripture, I'm going to be declaring it. And one of the things I want you to understand, please and please, one of the things, one of the end-time mysteries, the fact that God will be putting some prophetic words into the mouth of his servant. And please believe them. Believe them. Believe them. And so the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, which means your kind has not existed before. I know that you are thinking that, no, but, but I just gave my life to Christ and my name is imposed and I've had you I'm a new creation. Yeah, you are a new creation. The Bible says, so believe it. The old things have passed away. Say, and behold, I will do a new things. For somebody this morning, I prophesy to your life that after the service is coming to an end, you will begin to experience new things in the name of Jesus. Every new things that the Bible has already made available for you, you will lay hold on them powerfully in the name of Jesus. It also says as a warning to somebody in Isaiah chapter 43, 18 and 19, it says, remember not the former things. Please, I want to beg somebody as I'm about to declare upon your life, every former things that you've experienced, forget them. It's okay, I know the things were painful. It's okay, but let go. Let go. Let go. And let's look forward to the new things God wants to do from April to December. With that being said, I open my mouth and I declare this morning, Father, by your mercy, Jabre ikiato paliaro shapaladas, Jebreketos gilate bredosh prate shala, Jebreketule krina kobalato shapa, Jedosh parata ketosa. I declare upon your life that the abundance of the sea, they shall be available for your taking in the name of Jesus. I pray for you, number one, that Isaiah chapter 16 from verse 4 and 5 becomes your portion from today in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you that every strategy, every insight, every operation that can make you take the abundance of the sea, they come to you now in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you, number two, huh? according to Isaiah chapter 54, verse 3, I declare upon you this morning huh? that your light will break forth huh? to the left and to the right huh? in the name of Jesus. Huh? I declare one more time huh? that your seed will inherit this earth. Every South African in this country, your seed will inherit this earth. The opportunities available in this country, your hand will lay hold of them. Your hand will take them. You will enjoy of the benefit of this country in the name of Jesus. And for those of you who are foreigners, Africans in diaspora, listening to me this morning, I prophesy upon your life. The Bible says where your feet shall turn upon, it shall give you for a possession. Your feet is in South Africa. You shall possess of the land. The kings will open their doors for you. The men will serve you. And destiny will be made manifest in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you number three. 
The Bible says in First Timothy chapter 4, 16 to 19, huh? it says that your profiting may appear to them all. Huh? Your profiting may appear to them all. Huh? So therefore, I stand in my prophetic office huh? as releasing a blessing concerning your life huh? that your profiting will appear. The business you are doing from today, huh? you will begin to see profit huh? on every side. Huh? In the name of Jesus, I declare upon you huh? that people will begin to align themselves huh? To advance your life, to advance your business, to advance your political career. In the name of Jesus, I declare upon you number four, according to Nahum chapter 1 from verse 7 to verse 9. Nahum chapter 1, 7 to 9, I declare upon you that affliction will never rise again upon your life. Every affliction that you have suffered, every decay, every debt, every waste, every shame, every disgrace, I stand this morning as your amen will be louder. That affliction is terminated in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you that the light of God, the hand of God will be heavily upon your life. It will be heavily upon your life in the name of Jesus. I pray for you, number five, according to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18. I declare upon you that every expectation that you have, every expectation, just because the month is coming to an end, your expectation will not be cut short. Your expectation will not be cut short. I prophesy upon your life, you will live longer and enjoy your expectation in the name of Jesus. I pray for you, number six. Jabrekato legriaco palada. Every weeping, every pain, anything that made you cry, I declare that as the day is about to break, it comes to an end. You break into new dimensions. You break into new possibilities. In the name of Jesus, I declare number seven for you. According to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1 to verse 3, that your hand will be held this season. Oh, your hand will be held this season. In the name of Jesus. And finally, I pray for you this morning, according to Psalm 91, verse 7, that thousands may fall at your right hand, thousands at your left hand, but the works of the devil will never capture your life and your family. The enemy will never swallow you in the name of Jesus. I pray for long life for somebody this morning. You will live long and see God. You will live long and manifest God. I declare this morning, Father, under the sound of my voice from heaven. Thank you, Father, because this is done. I welcome you to your month of manifestation from today onward. Move forward. Move forward. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.